and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Monday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what is up? Oh, man, what is up? It is a Monday right now, based on earnings, right? Did you have a good weekend? That is a question we're going to ask. You know what? I had a great weekend. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Luke, I know you did as well right now, but you're ready. You're ready to go. It's a Monday. It feels a little... A little weird because of the overcast right now. It feels, and man, I can feel this. As a former wedge buster, Basinonians, I totally feel it. When the low pressure moves in, oh my goodness. Thank you the to temples, all wedge Well, you're Thank welcome. You I appreciate that. The temples start busting just a little bit, but I am ready to go, man. Are you ready? I tell you, I, I like the overcast. Well, I like the rain. I don't know if I like the overcast. Yeah, you I like do a little, like bit, of rain. Rain. A little yes. bit of rain, but not a ton. But I, I, not tomorrow, man. It, it's like rain on your wedding day, right? Is that what you're <laughs> uh, so is that what you're like going? a free ride when you've already paid? <laughs> I just, you know, she drives me nuts. She really does. I'm just going to so say many that. many other I songs this? that have rain in the in the lyrics. Uh, you know, I, and I, no, it is ironic. Uh, it is ironic. <laughs> is, it, is it ironic or coincidence? That is the question you need to ask yourself this morning. Is it ironic that we have a little Alanis Morissette? By the way, is she doing anything? Has she... Has she released anything in the last five years? Are you trying to promote a concert you're going to or something? Or what's happening? (laughs) I have no idea what is going on, but it is like rain on your wedding day, isn't it, brothers? All right. Well, I take responsibility for allowing this to happen on my watch. I just grabbed the wheel right there. What are we talking about? Every time you grab the wheel, we end up at an Alanis Morissette uh, conversation. (laughs) What I was going to say. She makes me angry. And and again, not her, not her person, but listening to her voice, it does. It just makes you want, you know what? Let me. Somebody just go ahead and take your nails and just write down the chalkboard, right? I don't think I've ever actually heard nails on a chalkboard. I really oh, I don't have. think I, I've heard like when you, sometimes you get like the fork across the plate. Oh, I hate man. the fork across the plate. Man, I do hate that. That's brutal. Um, now back to my sentence from an hour ago. Yeah, it's. I don't mind the rain today. It needs to not rain tomorrow because we're going to be out at Salt River Fields for D-backs Rangers, or as I like to call it. Man, I cannot wait for that. We're going to be out there three times this spring, correct? Three times. times. The number is three, basically. We're going to be out there starting with number one. The first time, the first game, of course, is tomorrow. And hopefully you're going to be able to see us. I think they're going to put us out there in the left field, right? (laughs) That's where we typically do our broadcast right there. I would say you'll be able to find me with the bright uh, teal hat, but those are... Impossible you to still obtain. Can't get that? No, apparently nobody can. I just thought that I had like not, uh, you know, gone through all the necessary avenues, but those like don't exist now okay. unless you're on the team. Uh, all right, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, let's start with the Suns and a win yesterday in a game that uh, I'll just say I'm I'm glad they won, Wolf, because if they were coming into today on a three game losing streak out of the break with a loss to Dallas, which is always frustrating, a loss to Houston. 
on Friday night, question mark, and now, then potentially a loss to the Lakers. This could have been a much different conversation. Yesterday, though, they get it done. They have now won two straight over the Lakers. You know, I I, I do not want to blow this out of proportion. I really don't, Basarnians. But to me, I think the Suns narrowly avoided a semi-disaster on Sunday by beating the Lakers and winning that game. Uh, I, I honestly, I when you look at their schedule and how difficult their schedule is, it's the toughest in the association. And the we've Houston been talking Rockets. about that for a long, long time. Yeah. You cannot afford Luke to be giving away games to teams. You're better than you. You can't now. Do, do I understand what it's like to go out there and compete against the very best? Brothers and sisters, yes, I do. And sometimes you're going to go out there and you think you're ready to go and you're not and you're going to lose. I get that. But, man, to come out of the All-Star break 0-3, if they would have lost that game to the Lakers yesterday, I, I think that would have been a mini disaster. Well, this is I'll say this to back you up, okay? We're at the point of the season now where the standings matter. There's 24 games left. We're into the final third of the season, okay? And like you just said, the Suns have the most difficult schedule just in terms of, you know, opponent win-loss percentage and all that. Really, their only, quote, easy games are the three they had against the Rockets. Now they have two, and they already lost the first one. Uh, two against the Spurs, and then there's like a couple, like I think there's an Atlanta and a Toronto thrown in there. But everybody else is like playoff team, and most of them are title contenders. That's their stretch run here. Um, and we talked about this last week. You know, the biggest thing is can you can you improve over this stretch because it will get you ready for the playoffs. Sure. But there is a lot of value, man, in in staying in the top six in the Western Conference. And just to put this in perspective, if the Suns had lost yesterday, they would be lined up for a play-in matchup with Dallas. A team they just can't Boy, seem to figure out. I know that is that's brutal right there. And if they had lost that, because it's just a one and you know, it's just a one off, then they'd be playing either the Lakers or the Warriors. And and their season would be on the line. I mean, if you're in the play-in, your season could be on the line within a game or two. Yeah. So it's important to stay in the top six. Yeah, for me, again, I go back to the individual play, and I go back to the team concept as well when I think about this. And, you know, I, I realize 0-3 when you still have 24 more games to go and you're 10 games above 500 right now. I understand. You could, hey, we'll turn this around right now. But I also understand some of the impact that losing to an inferior team can have on a locker room. Okay? It's not that. It's not like I I played on a bunch of great teams or I walked into every game thinking, we're going to beat these guys and we all understand we're going to beat these. I haven't had a ton of experience with that. But I can tell you it did happen to me from time to time, especially at the college level where we knew we were a better team. We were a better team than Temple. <laughs> we were going to hammer the Owls, Take right? We just, we just knew we were a better team. We were a better team than Syracuse. Sorry, Orange. Even though it was my older brother Craig's alma mater, we're going to hammer you. Okay, we just knew that. Isn't that where Dave Pash went? And just when taking you, shots now. Yes, exactly, right. David. Bahuddle. And, you know, when you don't, when you lose those games... Man, there's a seed of doubt that suddenly starts creeping in. I don't care if you're talking about the NBA level. I don't care if you're talking college, pro, whatever it may be. You compete at a super high level, 
And man, doubt starts to creep into your brain when you lose to inferior opponents. None of these other teams around them in the Western Conference are going to wait for them to get back on track either. It's not going to be like, well, we understand you lost a few in a row, but you don't have Bradley Beal. So go ahead. We'll wait. We'll wait till you guys get going. They will get past. any. And this applies really to... To any team outside, I would say like the top, what, three in the Western Conference, top four, I guess. If you stumble at all, you're going to get past. Yes. And in the Suns coming out of the All-Star break, it didn't look that crazy that maybe they could sneak into a top four spot. And they still can. They're only four out of fourth. But they're also only a half game out of dropping to eighth. You know, I mean, and so that's even just losing two will do that damage to you, especially when you lose to teams around you in the standings like that Dallas one. Now, yesterday they did win and they beat the Lakers. And it's like I said, the second time they've beaten the Lakers after they started 0-3 against them. We'll get deeper into this throughout the uh, the show. But, I mean, they had a lot of guys step up. Bradley Field yes. didn't play. That's something Man. we're going to have to get into at some point here because whatever happened to the whole, like, hey, the All-Star break came at the right time and Brad will be back for the uh, game against Dallas last Thursday. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I think he probably suffered. This is just me. Nobody's told me this. Probably suffered a, a bit of a setback. Great. little tweak in practice. That's what I'm guessing. Well, then I'm going to go to break and I, I might not be here when we come yeah, back. Yeah, of course. Uh, when we do come back, or at least Wolf comes back, he'll be driving the show by himself. The Cardinals continue oh, to stand squarely behind Kyler Murray the latest example of this kind of comes at an interesting time. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Bernsey. The NFL Combine starts this week. So what players are we looking at the closest? We'll talk about it on the Burns and Gambo Show, and it starts. It's straight up 2 o'clock on Arizona Sports. All right, it's Wolf and Luke on a Monday morning. So, Wolf, if you just... Uh, you go on X. I don't even have to tell you this. I'm sure you're on X right now. You're probably on X, Snapchat, TikTok, and Instagram. I I get your point. MySpace. You're just trying to kick me in the face. (laughs) Um, If you go on X and you just, you know, you go to the Cardinals page and you scroll through and, you know, there's like a post about, uh, you know, some of the rookies and a post two hours uh, ago, earlier this morning, that just uh, has a picture of Kyler Murray. And it says our franchise quarterback. Oh, there you go. That's it. Our franchise quarterback. That's it. From the Arizona Cardinals. From the Arizona Cardinals. Xed out. Real account. 1.1 1. 1 million Franchise quarterback. Yep, yes. there it is right there. Kyler Murray. Can I see the picture? You can. There's actually three pictures of Kyler in case wow. you like, hey, is that Kyler? I can't tell. Here's okay. two more of them. Nice. So. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of that? I, I just think the timing is, it's, it's the end of February. I mean. I don't know. Maybe it's from working with you for the last couple of years. I'm always looking for, for the, the other side of the he's story. He's the franchise quarterback. Of course he's the franchise quarterback I, going forward, I guess, right? Why would you be su- surprised by that? I guess for me, I, I I woke up this morning before I saw this post thinking he was the franchise quarterback. So why is it there now? Yeah, no. I, I, I will say this. I don't see the Chiefs tweeting that Patrick Mahomes is their franchise quarterback. Yeah. Just so you know. Right, exactly. Um, you know, once again, it's a situation where... We all understand the conversation. We understand the conversation that was swirling around Kyler Murray last year. You 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 cannot talk about 2024 until you revisit 2023 and what was going on with Kyler Murray and the expectation for Kyler Murray and the big question mark for Kyler Murray in this offense and how he was going to do. Luke, you 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 cannot escape 
looking at the past, even though we're talking about the future of Kyler Murray. You cannot. And last year, that is the one thing about it, Kyler Murray and how well he evolved as a player and how well he evolved this offense. That's the reason why today we're getting a X from the Arizona Cardinals that says, our franchise quarterback. Why specifically February 26th, though? Why not like April 24th or something leading into the draft? Or why not right after the season? I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, post it. You know, I think you can you can overthink things too much. Just post it when you're going to post it. I get that. But is there a reason behind it coming out randomly today? I don't know. I, I don't know what the reason might be. I, I do know the combine is starting today. And man, when the combine starts, it really is a big part of the league year. You know what I mean? It just, it is. It just feels that way. When the combine starts, here comes the draft offseason. Now, we've been talking about the draft, the NFL draft, for a long, long time. As soon as the season ended, for the most part, we went right to the draft and have been. Free agency looms as well. Here it comes. The new league year is coming, but today is the combine, and I think... It's a good day to say, you know what? We got our franchise quarterback. Just remind everybody out there. And the one thing I will also say, I would imagine this kind of information, this kind of X out is planned from the organization as well. I I would agree 100% and also hope so, because if it's just some intern like, hey, you know what? I haven't uh, posted anything in a while. How about I call Kyler Murray our franchise quarterback right. from our from our team account? Exactly. That would be a little different. So you, you I'm, would I'm expect, with you. Yeah, you would expect, of course, this was something that was orchestrated within the organization. When do you think this isn't a story anymore because because i will let me let me throw this out there as a potential reason for the timing okay cbs over the weekend or going into the weekend put out a two-round mock draft and they had the cardinals at pick number 27 taking bo nix um bo nix oh they had him taking dallas turner at number four Anyway, they have him taking Bo Nix at 27, and and it says right in there the Cardinals aren't ready to move on from Kyler Murray um, yet, but Nix represents good value here if for uh, for nothing else beyond the fact that he's a quarterback. Now, look, <laughs> it's CBS. This is not, again, this is not like Bill's blog about stuff. It's, dude, I, can I just say this right now? I am, wow, if that were to happen right now, nothing against Bo Nix, Mal. Nothing against Bonex. Yeah, you got to watch it here. But oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Bo Nix, quarterback, Oregon. <laughs> Nix blossomed in his two seasons at Oregon after transferring from Auburn. With the Ducks, he completed nearly 75% of his passes with 74 touchdowns and just 10 interceptions. The 6-foot-2-inch, 217-pound quarterback displays the accuracy, arm talent, and athleticism needed to be a modern professional quarterback. He goes through reads well, has big hands, and is good at throwing accurately on the run. He did throw 30% of his passes behind the line of scrimmage in 2023, has missed some touchdowns, due to overthrows and needs to get better at throwing receivers away from coverage. NFL comp, Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> hold on. Was that crazy town in the background? Good golly. <laughs> I, seriously, I have no idea right now. I just, I, I could not get past the idea that the Arizona Cardinals with their second first round pick, is that what they say? Yeah. Their, their second. 
yeah. would draft Bo Nix. He has uh, the Cardinals taking Keon Coleman at 35, so three times he has them passing on Graham Barton, who he has okay, going right, to the Giants exactly. at 39. Look, the, the Arizona Cardinals have so many needs right now. Backup quarterback is not one of them. No. I will say, especially not a rookie backup quarterback. I, the one thing I will say um, that, I, that I think is, is fair is I think Kyler Murray's their guy for this year. And I'm assuming the plan is for him to be the, but like if he goes out there and isn't good next year, you're not married to anybody in the NFL unless it's like Mahomes or, you know, there's a list of like four or five. Of course. I don't think he's like, like, I don't think we're guaranteed that Kyler Murray is the Cardinals quarterback in 2027 right now. But I do believe that's the plan. So I understand the like maybe next year if things didn't go well this year, you might be looking at a, a quarterback somewhere. I don't think he's locked in forever. But I'm not wasting a pick on a guy that I hope never plays. <laughs> Especially taking him that high. Not in uh, first round. <laughs> I would be absolutely shocked if that happened. You know, we keep talking about Monty, and, you know, there are a lot of needs for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. And, you know, the line of scrimmage and how much Monty values the line of scrimmage. And we're taking a backup quarterback. There's no way. There's a 0% chance. I would be absolutely. You know what? I'll do this on the air. If that does happen, I'll go. But the thing is, now you've already done it on the air. Yeah, but (laughs) what's your point, (laughs) though? I I will do it live on the air when the pick comes down. Aaron could just keep replaying that. There's no way she's going to do this. She would never stab the dagger into my back. She's definitely isolating that right now, especially after you badmouth Bo Nix. The list of players. (laughs) Badmouth Bo Nix. The list of players he has going after Bo Nix in this draft that I would take on the Cardinals, like Troy Franklin, next pick. I would take him. Keon Coleman, who he has going to the 35. The point of all this is not that, hey, are the Cardinals going to take a quarterback? They are not. not. At least not at 27. The only way they take a quarterback is if something crazy happens, and this has all been posturing, and they move up in the draft and take somebody at, like, one. <laughs> <laughs> crazy trade. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Crazy. <laughs> That's so good right there. Although we do need the Randy Rhodes guitar right there, Mel. You might want to add that right there and just kind of trail it off. I think you should just put the part in of Wolf going, or whatever you did. Um, That is crazy, though, to me. It really is. um, But isn't that the whole point, that there's stuff like this out now, so maybe that's why the Cardinals would just be like, hey, we have a quarterback. Leave us alone. Yeah, the one thing, and I I like the way you, you said it, it's not some intern who woke up this morning and said, you know what? I'm gonna... I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this out. I'm gonna X this out. That's what I'm gonna do. It's a 1. I'm gonna 1 share million this in social media. I'm gonna share this right here. He's our franchise quarterback. I, this is something that, once again, I think it's it's done with purpose, and I think it's going to be effective, and it should be effective. Listen, the best thing about Kyler Murray right now, based on it's going forward, he's encouraged. I'm encouraged because he's encouraged. You can hear it in his voice and the things that he said. The most difficult thing for Kyler Murray, putting him under center and going out and saying, hey, you've got to, you've got to evolve your game. You've got to master this. This is going to help you tremendously. And for him not to do it very often when Cliff Kingsbury was here, and now he's, he's got to grow this part of him, He's encouraged. You can hear it in his voice because he he succeeded. He was successful. And that 
encourages me. It's just nice to not have to take a quarterback in the draft this time of year. You know, <laughs> and you can go back to the conversation if Kyler hadn't looked good this year and they had the first pick, that's different. But how many teams do we see outside of the first pick right now scrambling? And I was looking at a list of free agent quarterbacks that are available this offseason. It's basically Kirk Cousins or forget it. And, and I don't. <laughs> not all that high on Kirk Cousins, but he's no, by far the best. I'm not I'm saying Kirk Cousins Kirk or Corson, bust. Kirk, yeah, Kirk Cousins or bust. But uh, that's it. I mean, that really is what it is. So it's nice to not be in that position. If you're the Cardinals, if, if you hit on those first three picks, which is not inconceivable because they're all top 35 picks, if you add three legitimate pieces to your roster in the first 35 picks of this draft, that'd be huge. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Spring training's going. What has Steve Gilbert been following with the D-backs so far? We're going to ask the D-backs reporter for MLB.com. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, spring training is uh, it's in full gear now, full swing. Wolf, D-backs three games in. I've already seen three of the guys vying for the number five starter spot, pitch and pitch well. Oakland today. And uh, we'll be out there for the game against the Rangers tomorrow. Steve Gilbert, D-backs beat reporter for MLB.com, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Steve, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. How you doing this morning? Doing good, Steve. Thanks for joining us, buddy. You bet. Another spring is upon us. <laughs> yeah, finally, we, it's, uh, it, was, it was a fast offseason, and yet it still feels like it was a long wait. Uh, let's start there. I mean, you're around this team every day. You've been around them every day for, uh, you know, beyond just the last couple of years. So how different does spring training feel around them this year? Uh, you know, maybe a little slightly different. I think they, they there's, there's a certain confidence that they have this year. I think, you know, last year they were optimistic, but I think this year they have, you know, some – some evidence to back up that optimism. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a good feeling in camp so far. And uh, some of those, those good vibes from, from last, uh, I guess we could say November because it leaked into November, but from last November are still around. So Steve, when you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks and the moves they made, of course, in the off season and them starting their season right now, what is your expectation for the Diamondbacks? Well, I think the expectation is they're going to play in a postseason. I think that has to be the expectation based on what happened last year. I mean, you know, you look at it, I I think Mike Hazen and his staff deserve a lot of credit because they didn't just look at last year and say, hey, we made the World Series, let's run it back again. we got a bunch of young players, they're going to get better, so, you know, let's do that. He he looked at it a little more realistically and said it was an 84-win team that had been outscored over the course of, of the summer. Um, and that maybe that wasn't all that sustainable, and they, they had some holes that, that needed to be plugged. So, you know, on paper at least, they're better this year than they were last year in the spring training. Now, we saw last year that, you know, things have to go right for any team to get all the way to the World Series, uh, but I think there, there are expectations this year for sure. Last year was more like, hey, let's be in the, the pennant race uh, come September. I think this year it's, hey, uh, we're going to be in the postseason uh, whether that's winning the division, whether that's a wild card, uh, I think that's the expectation now. Talking to Steve Gilbert, uh, Steve, the outfield—it's—it's it's a nice problem to have, and it's obviously by design. But when you you look and you see what they did last year, and you bring back Gurriel and you add Randall Gritchuk, and now Jock Peterson, I guess, is even kind of a part of that mix. I don't, however, you want to view him, but how do you see the outfield shaking out? And and is there any sort of path to Jake McCarthy having a role on this team this year? 
Well, we always we always do this right every spring. It, 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 you know, Nick Bacoro with the Arizona Republic and I were talking about this the other day. We always we always dive into these. Who's going to make that twenty six spot man spot? Who's going to win that last spot in the bullpen? And then like a week into the season, everything changes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it, it, it's nice that they have some depth. I think you know you, you mentioned that they that probably the starting outfield is the same as it was uh, in last year when you got. Uh, uh, Corbin Carroll in right, Alec Thomas in center, and Gurriel in left. And then you got Peterson Net might see a little time out there, might not see some time out there. Gritchick definitely will we'll see some time out there once his ankle fully heals. Um, and then, you know, that there is a question as to what happens uh, with that final spot there. Do they carry an extra infield? Do they carry an extra outfielder? Um, so, yeah, it, is, it, is, uh, it does kind of put uh, Jake McCarthy a little bit on the bubble there uh, for somebody trying to win a spot. So, Steve, going back to the expectations and the young talent that the Arizona Diamondbacks have on this team right now, what is your expectation for this young talent? How much better can they actually get? Because, to me, I think they're going to make a huge impact just getting better from their experience from last year. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, someone asked Tori Lovello on the first day of camp, you know, what does uh, what does improvement look like for Corbin Carroll? What did Corbin Carroll do to improve on that rookie season? Um, and, you know, Tori kind of laughed and says, you know, it's really hard to to have a kid come up and play the way he did, and then you know even get better from there. Though you know, if anyone can do it, Corbin can. And you know, we talked to Corbin, and he said, oh yeah, I had a lot of stuff. He said I worked on some things this this winter. I had a lot to get better at. So he's the kind of guy that's going to keep, you know, driving and pushing himself. Yeah. Um, I think what they saw from Alec Thomas in the postseason, hitting that big homer off of Kimbrel, um, you know, took some good swings off left-handers, something that, that he kind of struggled with during the regular season. I think they started to see some growth there. So I think they're really excited about, you know, that, that these young guys are going to continue to take steps forward. We're talking to Steve Gilbert. Uh, Steve, that number five spot in the rotation, so far in three games we've seen Ryan Nelson start, Tommy Henry start, Slade Ciccone start. They've all gone two innings and not given up a run. I would assume those three are all in the mix. Do you see anybody else potentially in the mix for that? You know, those are probably the three main ones. I think, you know, Bryce Jarvis, you know, is, is, is in camp and, and he's going to get a look and, and so will Blake Walston. Um, but I think, you know, probably – Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson came in as as the front runners, and Slade Sconey had a nice outing yesterday. And again, that's going to be a good quote unquote problem to have because you know you never get through a season with just five starters. And last year, uh, the Diamondbacks found out the hard way late in the in the postseason that it, that you need as many starters as possible. So, you know, whichever starters don't make the uh, the rotation, if they if they end up in AAA, I think that gives them some good depth. Um, because, like I said, every team's going to need that depth throughout the course of a long season. Yeah, no doubt about it, Steve. You know, I, I think of Jock Peterson. I think of Eduardo Rodriguez. I think of Eugenio Suarez. I think of Lourdes Gurriel Jr., as a matter of fact, and the reacquisition of Lourdes and bringing them back. To, of these guys, the acquisitions in the offseason, who do you think might have the biggest impact on this team going forward? Ooh, great question. Um, I, I'll say Suarez only because I think he shores up a position that they've kind of been looking for a solution for for a few years now. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought they had Josh Rojas. 
to solidify that, and that didn't quite work out. Um, you know, they, they, they gave Evan Longoria a try last year, and, and, you know, he was a good leader in the clubhouse, didn't, didn't quite put up the numbers that, you know, maybe they were hoping for. Um, so I think he can, he can really impact him at a position that they've, they've struggled to find a, a consistent player at uh, over the course of the last uh, number of years. Steve Jordan Lawler is obviously still really young, uh, but he's you know one of the top prospects in baseball, and yet there's not really a clear path for him right now either. And like you said, things change and over the course of, of the season, or sometimes they change very quickly. But where do you see his his path at least right now, leading him in 2024? Yeah, it's tough. It, it looks tough right now for him to make the opening day roster because of the fact that you know they want him to play every day. He's a, he's too talented, and and you know there's still some development there. And to have him in the major leagues sitting on the bench, you know, it was one thing to have him do it in September last year and into the postseason, and, and you can chalk that up to it. It's a valuable experience to be able to be around a, a pennant chase and a postseason push and, and, and all that. But I think right now they're committed to the fact that he needs to play on a regular basis. And, and with Perdomo at short and Suarez at third and Marte at second, there's really not a, a path for him to do that. So, I would imagine he starts in AAA, but again, you know, there's going to be competition. With that depth comes competition, and those guys in the infield will have to produce, or, or he'll just be a phone call away. So, Steve, do you have a prediction as to who the fifth starter might be in this rotation? Oof. <laughs> I, I, not to make predictions, Wolf. I'm the worst predictor. I mean, <laughs> but I, I, you know, for me, you know me. I, I don't make predictions either, but maybe your expectation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it. I think it probably comes down to Nelson or Henry, and and that's uh, it's too soon for me to to know what based on how they look right now. Um, but again, I'm 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 a terrible predicting. I, I, I like to let things play out and then just report on them. I find I get into yeah. less trouble that way too. Yeah, yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate Thank you, it. Buddy. We'll, we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay, right, take man. care. That's a Steve Gilbert joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, love um, that dude. 14 different pitchers started a game for the D-backs last year. So, yeah, I mean, it, obviously the number five spot is is very pivotal, um, but it's going to be good to have, let's say it's Ryan Nelson, it's going to be good to have Tommy Henry and Slade Ciccone and Bryce Jarvis and some of these other guys uh, hanging around. Too. What a beautiful thing going into the spring, right? <laughs> Let's just find out. That's one of the big questions facing this. I, Who might that fifth starter be? Let's just fine-tune a couple things. Let's yes. uh, decide on our 26th player and our fifth starter. Who's that fifth outfielder? <laughs> uh, we come back. All right, the Suns. Nice win yesterday over the Lakers, and it was a lot of guys outside the big three that stepped up. How pivotal has uh, Bull Bull been, and especially Royce O'Neal yesterday? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bruh. Everybody, it's Burnsy after a rough loss to the Mavs last week where the Suns able to bounce back against Dylan the Villain and the King. It's the Burns and Gambo Show, and it starts at straight up to o'clock. I'll tell you, Wolf, one of the, uh, the cool parts of yesterday's game for the Suns, aside from the fact that it snapped a two-game losing streak before it became a three-game losing streak, was the fact that from the big three... You only got 43 points. There's no Bradley Beal, and then Booker at 21, KD at 22. Um, and you still beat the Lakers, and you beat them by 10. And you outscored them in the fourth quarter because Royce O'Neal had 20 points on 7 of 12 shooting. Grayson Allen led the team with 24 points. Uh, we'll get into Nurk in a little bit, but Nurk played out of his mind yesterday. Uh, and Bull Bull 
Second straight game where he has contributed, although three games ago he didn't even play. So maybe Bull Bull is a whole separate conversation. But just the fact that other guys stepped up in a a significant way yesterday was potentially encouraging. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because just watching the game, um, it was a team victory. It really was a team victory. And how can they replicate this victory again. That was the the thing I wrote down in my notes. How can they do this? And I think they need a lot of the physicality that we saw from Yusef Nurkic. I think they need a lot of that. You mentioned uh, Grayson Allen and how Grayson Allen played and Bowl Bowl as well. Man, every time this kid gets an opportunity, it just seems like he takes advantage of it. He had played, what, um, Six minutes and had seven points. He had played 11 minutes and had 13. I mean, this this kid produced his, and continues to. His last two games, so counting yesterday, 36 points, 18 rebounds, and three blocks over the last two games. But then, like I said, three games ago, they didn't play him a minute. Yeah. So I don't know that he's ever going to be consistent because that's the story of his career to a certain extent. But if they can and he can carve out a consistent role for him at least, he becomes a huge X factor in the playoffs because he might just have a game where he gives you nothing, but he might have a game where he completely swings things because the other team's not preparing for bull bull. No, you know, and it was so weird. Um, He got meaningful minutes yesterday, and we've seen this as of late. Meaningful minutes against the Lakers. The game was contested. This thing wasn't over by any stretch of the imagination. Look, there's bull bull out on the floor right now. I think, you know, that is not by accident, based on Orleans. I think that is Frank Vogel trying to give him the confidence that this young guy des- deserves and needs if he's going to get better. You know, we talk, a lot of people talk when the Suns lose a game or they lose a couple games, like, okay, yeah, that's the blueprint for how to beat the Suns, right? Um, but I think in a lot of ways we saw yesterday, easier said than done, but a way where the Suns can do some damage in the playoffs. Devin Booker talked about the fact that Grayson Allen stepped up in a big way. Royce O'Neal stepped up in a big way. And and Allen pretty consistently this season has contributed. But like Royce O'Neal hasn't been here that long. And and it wasn't just those two yesterday. But here's Booker after the game. He's huge. I think what, six threes? Royce two, six threes? I mean, that's what we're going to need, especially if teams are going to tailor their defense to leaving those guys open, Um, you know, making them pay like that. That hurts. And they are. I mean, defenses are absolutely going to tailor their defenses <laughs> to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and ideally Bradley Beal, too. So if Grayson Allen or Royce O'Neal or whoever outside the big three is going to shoot like that, those two had 12 three-pointers between the two of them yesterday. It's, the Suns are going to win a lot of games that way. Yes. Listen, Royce O'Neal does so many things well, doesn't he? <laughs> Plus 22 yesterday. He can, it's, it's amazing. It truly, he does so many things well. You know, he, he may not be a king, but he's definitely jack-of-all-trades, master of the plus-minus. It's it's so cool to watch. He makes the right pass. How many times do you see him yeah. facilitate? He makes the right pass. He looks like he's been on this team when you watch him. <laughs> yes, he he deflects and gets his hands on a lot of balls. He He's... He's wise on his shot selection. He plays good defense, tough defense. He's the king, man, of the plus minus, and he hit some clutch threes for this team yesterday. Clutch threes. Open threes that you had to make, and he made them. I'm that I 
just seeing him right now and hopefully the role he's going to continue to grow into. They started him yesterday, yeah. as a matter of fact. 36 minutes. Here's Grace Allen talking about Royce O'Neal. Uh, I mean, he's a super easy guy to play with. Uh, he's one of those guys you can plug right in, and he helps the team. Um, he's been great defensively for us. We've asked him to guard a bunch of different matchups, one through five, and he's been good and um, helping us out on the boards. Even if it's not him getting rebounds, he's really physical with blocking guys out, and uh, he's not afraid to take shots and make them, and that was big tonight, and then Big when he hit into the game there to kind of seal the game, put him away. You know, Wolf, he, Royce O'Neal, he, he comes here from a team that was going nowhere. I mean, Brooklyn was, was not going anywhere this year. Um, he comes here with that. He comes here knowing that he doesn't have to be anything other than the best version of himself. And he comes here knowing that Kevin Durant, in particular, has firsthand experience and confidence in him. So that's a pretty good way to land on a new team. But... He's also playing like that. You know, you can have all that lined up for you, and then you just kind of, oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot they traded for Royce O'Neal, didn't they? You notice him every night so far. It's, <laughs> it's do, unavoidable. Man. Yeah, you know, and, and again, in clutch time, he had a couple of huge threes, did he not? Huge. As a matter of fact, a dagger three. Um, I, I'm, he seems to make the, the right play all the time. He does. Now, I know he doesn't, Bates, and Arneens, nobody's perfect, of course, but he seems to make the right play. Whether he's taking a high-percentage shot or assisting on an open look or getting his hands in the passing lanes, the the guy shows up and shows out. And um, I think the Suns, I cannot wait to see what his role is going to be going forward. But I love the fact that he does everything well. Uh, here's Frank Vogel after the game talking about the importance of having a middle three after the big three. We talked about the big three with Devin, Kevin, and, but is there like a middle three developing now with Yusef, Grayson, and, and Royce? They just seemed awfully big for you. No day. doubt. And Eric Gordon. You know, we have Eric tonight, but um, yeah, he's been a big part of it. But those three guys were the stars of the game tonight. You know, I mean, Book and KD did what they they had to do. They both hit uh, closer type shots in the fourth quarter. You know, to help us secure the the victory. But uh, you know, Grayson and and uh, and Royce with six threes each, and Nurk with twenty two seven. What is it? Twenty two seven and, and eighteen points. Hell of a night. And guarding Anthony Davis all night. Man, that's just a big time performance by Nurk. Nurk was huge. Anthony Davis was. I mean, he ended up with twenty two points, and he was a huge factor in the second half when it looked like the Lakers might you know, tie that up uh, or take the lead. But in the first half, Anthony Davis was like non-existent and he played. It's not like he got into foul trouble or it's not like he was hurt. Anthony Davis played 42 minutes and I don't remember what his exact number was at halftime, but I want to say it was like six points. It was right in that range. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just the, the point total as well. Nurk was huge, literally throwing his body around. Um, It is the most physical I've seen Nurk in in a while to see him go out there and bowl the way that he was. I Throwing around that 290, you know how much. I love that right there. I thought he was the player of the game. Big Nurk. How about Beast Nurk? We'll just go there. Beast Nurk. Did you see him walk over going to beast mode. Richard Jefferson after the uh, foul on LeBron? And while <laughs> Jefferson was calling the game, and he's like, hey, didn't he travel? <laughs> like while Jefferson was on the air. Uh, one more. Frank Vogel on Bull Bull and what his role, Bull Bull's role, will be going forward. Bull's, you know, proven to, to be a hell of a player for us. 
you know, and, um, you know, expect him to be in the rotation most nights, uh, playing minutes like he did tonight. Um, there's certain matchups that are, are not great with, with him, uh, you know, that we'll continue to measure on a game, game-to-game basis, but um, really gave us a big lift tonight. What what are those matchups right there? Oh, well, I would assume Dallas is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly, right now, um, to see him um, in the Suns rotation, I, I more and more and more. He's so unorthodox, and yet he gets the job done, makes plays that you just don't really see. And I'm talking about I'm talking about mundane plays that happen in a basketball game. A block, though, with Bobo, that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Because his arm is eight feet long. He's, he's or at, seems like he's it's eight at half feet court long. And he's reaching over and just it's, knocking it down. You see him block shots that you just don't see, guys. Block shots. His minutes, though, in, in games this month. Okay, real quick before we hit the break. I'm just going backwards over the 10 games this month. 24, 27, 0, 14, 2, 9, 14, 17, 15, 0. Like the last two games, he's been in there a lot. But yeah. prior to that, and, and this is not the first time this season where it's been like, hey, Bull Bull, he might be a difference maker. And then we don't see him very often for a while. And then he comes back and he is a difference maker. So I just, if you're talking about X factors, he definitely has the, uh, the makeup of an X factor for this team. Or he might not be a factor at all in the playoffs. You we never know. find that out, man. If somebody's listening right now, you know the game of basketball schematically. Go ahead and give us a call. Send out the bad signal right now. Give us a call and tell us why there are certain matchups that are bad for Bull Bull. Well, I think I could probably tell you that. But we're going to the break. Really? Uh, the NFL, I, I cannot figure out his, his playing time pattern because his entire career has been all over the place, but there are certain games where you're like, probably not going to see Bull Bull tonight. Uh, the NFL Combine gets underway in Indianapolis today, so how do you feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. reportedly not doing any testing? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.